Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These guys spent every waking hour of their lives doing manly things like watching sports while yelling at their TVs, shaving with straight razors, and revving their V8 truck engines. Well, yeah, think again. It's time for Mackie and Judd to turn in their man cars. This is <laughs> Rom-Com Rewind. Obviously, this is very manly. Wow, look at that production. What an intro. Yeah, I about that one. That's that's a throwback, man. That's totally forgot that we that we did that. But yes, welcome into the Mackie and Judd movie review franchise. Last week, we rebooted the uh, action movie rewind franchise by taking a look back at uh, Fast Five. We might have to play some catch up to get to Fast Ten at some point. We've now walked into the Romcom Rewind Room for a look at Crazy Stupid Love, 2011. I love this room. It's a great room. A rom-com. I, yeah. Look, a good action flick is fantastic. I'm not going to say it isn't. Um, there's something about rom-coms, though, that are just near and dear to my heart. I just I enjoy them so much. Have you? So we started doing... So by the way, by the way, a little background here. So we are putting together... We've done like 75 or 80, maybe even more movie reviews. I think it's more like closer to 100 movie reviews over the last three or four years. And so uh, Ross, Brendel, and I are working together to take all of the things that we've done for three years and put them in one podcast feed so people can binge. Because, like, I got a note last week from someone saying, hey, here's three action movies you guys should do. And I was like, we actually already did all three of those three years ago. So we will have that ready at some point in the next couple weeks. This is now the 12th rom-com that we have done. Mm -hmm. The other ones are... 
in uh, in order of how well we like them. Hitch, 10 Things I Hate About You, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, You've Got Mail, While You Were Sleeping, Sleepless in Seattle, 50 First Dates, Fever Pitch, She's Out of My League, Sweet Home Alabama, and My Best Friend's Wedding. So those are, if you want to play catch up, we will put those on a podcast feed, make them available. But here's the summary of Crazy Stupid Love from 2011. Cal Weaver, played by Steve Carell, is living the American dream. He has a good job, a beautiful house, great children, a beautiful wife named Emily. Cal's seemingly perfect life unravels, however, when he learns that Emily has been unfaithful and wants a divorce. Over 40 and suddenly single, Cal is adrift in the fickle world of dating. Enter Jacob Palmer, played by Ryan Gosling, a self-styled player who takes Cal under his wing and teaches him how to be a hit with the ladies. 79% on Rotten Tomatoes. The critics' consensus says it never lives up to the first part of its title, but Crazy Stupid Love's unabashed sweetness and its terrifically talented cast more than makes up for its flaws. Mm. It's saying it's not crazy. It is a little crazy. Uh, I'm going to withhold. I'm going to withhold. Okay. 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 $50 million budget turned into $145 million at the box office. This movie starred Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling, Julianne Moore, Emma Stone, who's now been in three movies with Ryan Gosling. She's fantastic. She's great. Kevin Bacon, Marissa Tomei, Josh Groban, and some other familiar faces you've seen from other projects. Before we get to our statements on this movie and then all the rankings and stuff, let's get to some production notes. All right, boys? For a long time during production, the people behind the movie were at a loss as to what to call it. Mm. Emma Stone was interviewed during the time of the filming by Artisan News Service, and she said at the time she's working on a movie called Untitled Marital Crisis Comedy. So while they are filming the movie, they called it the Untitled Marital Crisis Comedy. Mm Mm-hmm. One of the directors told Entertainment Weekly that the studio told him multiple times to take the line, be better than the Gap, out of the movie, as the studio had ties to the Gap's CEO at the time. I wondered about that. But he insisted, it's too funny to cut out, we have to leave it in. Be better than the Gap. In the movie, Emma Stone plays Hannah, a character in her 20s, while Annalie Tipton, also in this movie, plays Jessica, who's 17 in the movie. In real life, the actors are only three days apart in age. Mm-hmm. It's kind of amazing. Would you have thought Emma Stone and uh, Annalie Tipton were three days apart in age if you didn't know anything about them? No, but T- Tipton is is the babysitter, correct? Yes. Correct. She's from here. She was born. She's one of us. Spent her first one seven or eight years in Minnesota. Yep. 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 Uh, and then one more for you here. The romantic, dirty dancing lift between Gosling and Stone wasn't actually in the script. Gosling, who used to do ballet, had the idea and they added the part in. Emma didn't realize until they were rehearsing that she had a phobia of being lifted high up in the air. When Gosling lifted her into the air, she had a full meltdown, which Gosling described as, quote, like a possum falling out of a tree and trying to scratch your eyes out. (laughs) she literally had to like go and get offset and calm down from the traumatic experience and so in the end they used a body double for the dirty dancing lift but they left emma stone's like shrieking that you hear because they filmed it from the other side of the glass they left the audio of emma stone in but that was a body double doing the actual 
Dirty Dancing lift. That's a great note. So, all right, let's start with Judd. We'll go around the room here in statement style, Mackie and Judd statement style. What's your first statement about Crazy Stupid Love? It's sort of going to echo one of the first parts that you read, and it's this. Great characters and actors can overcome a flawed plot. Now, I'll explain. I didn't say a flawed script because I actually like the script, but okay, the plot itself—the coinc- oh, we're going we're to nuance yeah. this, aren't we? Yeah. But the coincidences and all of that without this cast could have been very trite and like no way. But this cast is so good. Carell is great. Um, Gosling is great. Emma Stone is great. The fact is that this film is so good because the cast is fantastic. And I will say this too. You know what they did a great job of? They don't have one actor in this film who's unlikable. Now, now the Bacon character you don't really like. Yeah, David Lindhagen is detestable. But Kevin Bacon's great. I mean, I love Kevin Bacon. Like, I see him and I still sort of laugh. But the point is, this film, in my opinion, is made by a great casting director because this cast is fantastic. See, I'm it is a great cast. I feel like you're shortchanging the writing of this movie. This movie is no, I, incredibly well written. The it, the writing is great. The plot is flawed. What's the difference? The right the the dialogue is fantastic. But the writing the plot, includes the plot. But but the plot of all of these coincidences that you know like and Emma Stone's at the bar, and then her dad's at the bar, but they just miss each other. That's great writing. They're, they're, they're. Emma Stone, uh, like, there's one part. So Emma Stone calling out Ryan Gosling for, like, uh, I want the, I don't want the PG-13 version of this night where I get a little too drunk and I fall asleep and yeah. then you kiss me on the cheek. And then, like, 10 minutes later, the exact opposite happens where he gets a little too drunk, falls asleep, PG 13, and she kisses him on the cheek. It's like the whole movie is attention to detail writing like that. Yes, the writing is great, but the overall plot is flawed. Okay. Mm. The overall plot is flawed. I don't know that there's a difference. I disagree too. I want to fight. I really want to fight Judd. I I will say, no, I will say, I know what Judd is trying to say. I know what he's he's trying to say. The plot, you could could interpret it as muddled. There's no way you wouldn't find out a lot of the things that take time to find out in real life. You'd find them out far quicker. Well, I I, I guess, but I kind of sometimes suspend the real life versus well, I agree you know, with that cinema experience. I agree with that. Not I'm all saying, the time. You have different actors. You take you take some schlep slappy <laughs> actors and cast them in this film. It, it is disaster. not nearly as good. It's a disaster. I agree. It would there. be acted like then it's acted haphazardly. I mean, Ryan Gosling. Is very pretty. Don't get me wrong. He's a damn good actor. And yeah. you also need like the Gosling role. He has to be s- almost off-puttingly cocky and charming, but in a way where you love him, right? He's yeah. got the he walks this Rich fine boy. line of being super confident and a player, but I'll he's also really likable. I'll give you one. And I like this guy, but if and, and you could have cast him in this role, but it's not as good. If Ryan Reynolds plays the Gosling character, it's not as good. It's not yeah, bad. Ryan Reynolds is a little bit more of a, a little bit more of a nerd almost than Ryan Gosling. Yeah, and he's more of a, and he's more of a comedy guy. See, Gosling to me has the perfect. He's the perfect in between because mm-hmm. in serious films he's damn good, and in a film like this, that ability to be serious but it's still funny and cute is a really hard line to. 
to walk. I'm I'm praising it by saying they could get away with a lot because of what they did right. Okay. All right, Dex. All right, here's my statement. So off your uh, critics' consensus, uh, I'm now going to give the, I wasn't going to lead this the lead with this one, but now I am. And especially now after what Judd said. This is one of the best and most accurate movie titles for any plot of all time. I actually <laughs> love the idea of this movie being called Crazy Stupid Love. Because at the end of the day, everyone does these crazy, stupid things for love. Each one of them is uniquely flawed in their path to finding love. Whether you're a little teenager having a crush on your babysitter, your babysitter having a crush on the dad, which is also kind of creepy. You have a broken marriage that's trying to be amended. You have a girl who's in a clearly just kind of meh relationship and she clearly wants more. And then you have the player who is, you know, doing what he does, but then he ends up falling in love with someone he probably naturally wouldn't. And that's love. It's all crazy, stupid love. I think the the title of this movie is actually one of the most accurate movie titles of all time. Yeah. And and you see a lot of dumb ones out there and stuff, of course. And uh, I, I really think that this title hits the plot right next to each other. I think they're awesome. And I think it's actually a really good titled movie. Yeah, I don't know why the, the, the critics consensus saying that it, like the crazy word doesn't apply, but it is stupid love. I don't know, man. The crazy, crazy thing I think definitely applies. But, okay. All right, I'm going to come out hot here. Okay. This is on the Mount Rushmore of the greatest romantic comedies of all time. Hmm. This is one of the greatest romantic comedies of all time. And we could sit here and debate. I think we've done some of them. Like, I guess just off the top of my head, I feel like, I almost feel like both of the Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan movies are on the Mount Rushmore. If there's four on the Mount Rushmore, I'd maybe if you had to pick one, I'd probably say, I'd probably say you've got mail. But Sleepless in Seattle's in that mix. Um, I would put How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days on the Mount Rushmore of rom-coms. My, 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 yep. Some people might say Harry Met Sally from back in the late 80s, early 90s, yep. which we haven't done on the show yet. That's a great one. But I will definitively say that this is, especially if you're sort of my generation, Declan's generation, this is maybe this is maybe the George Washington since the year 2000. This and How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Mount Rushmore of rom-coms. I feel like this is almost like too good of a movie. I, I really like this film too, and I'm excited for our rankings, but it's almost too good of a movie because it's just so well written. Like I love Hitch. Hitch to me is on mine. I Hitch is one of my uh, yeah. favorite films of all time. But and it's Alex goofy. Hitchens, by the way, and Jacob Palmer, kind of similar characters. Ooh. Yeah. Kind of similar characters. Yeah. That'd be actually a, a good uh, good test. This definitely you think this beats Hitch? Yeah. Okay. But I can see that because it makes sense because I think it's just a better, yeah, it's a better overall film. It's kind of what you want in the rom-com. But this mm -hmm. is a very good movie. The difference is this. Hitch, Kevin James, One Trick Pony. Again, the ca the casting to me is what makes this film. You put Kevin James in this film, it's good. It's not great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah it's funny because Steve, Steve Carell and Emma Stone, these are all, in Kevin Bacon, these yeah, are all incredible actors. Yep. Every one of them can play multiple roles, too. Yes. Serious, comedy. All right, back to Judd. All right, let's see what I want to go with next. Um, I'm going to go with a character, actually, that doesn't play a huge role, but a vitally important one because it provides great comic relief, and she's unbelievable, and that is Marissa Tomei steals oh. her scenes. She steals <laughs> her scenes. That's and it was probably like a one-day role. Like, you know, it's not a big role. 
But and again, she's fantastic. But her scenes and and you know, you know, she turns out to be a teacher and she's at the bar and oh my god, now she's again. That's where I think the plot is like okay, really. But what, what makes the it teachers great, don't go to bars? I feel like you're being vague about how bad the plot is. Okay, there's too many coincidences. That's, that's the not fun part. That's great that's writing. The, that's the fun part there's of the movie. too many quit. I know, but what? The, but they're getting away with. That means it's a great plot. They're, are, they're... No, it, it's not a great plot. It's great writing. It's great <laughs> What's writing. What's the difference? There's too many coincidences to make it believable <laughs> at all. Okay, but Judd, like, like, like a big reason why this movie is amazing is because of the two big plot twists. One being they have this incredibly deep. So it's Cal and it's Emily having this incredibly deep conversation in the hallway of the parent-teacher conferences. It's it's like emotional, and they both kind of get on the same page. Like, yeah, like it kind of feels like, oh, they're going to get back together. And then Marissa Tomei opens the door, and it's like, oh, my uh, God, she's the teacher. Right, no, I know. And, and then I, later on, you're like, oh, they're going to this family gathering. All of a sudden, like, Jacob and right, but that's, Hannah show up. Whoa, but, holy in, crap. But there would never be that many coincidences. That's the point. But it's still great because it's funny to watch. And Marissa Tomei is absolutely fantastic. But you're, equating, scenes, but you're equating a plot's proximity to reality with how good the plot is. I'm, I'm equating how much do you expect the viewer of the film to actually believe until they, they say, and again, it's the actor's. If this, I'm telling you, you recast this film, it's okay. It ain't great. It is the actors that carry the day. And Marissa Tomei is absolutely fantastic. She has a limited amount of scenes, but every scene she's in where she flips him off at the, at the end in the gym. I mean, it's just great. It's absolutely. (laughs) When they interact at the bar, it's hilarious too, because he's trying to do like the, he's trying to like neg her, right? He's trying to be like, you tell me what you do. Yeah. No, oh, that's lame. That's boring. And she just, she's like, why am I in this interaction? He goes, I'm sorry. Okay. Well, and that's Corell too. Cause Corell, that, that whole M- Michael Scott thing is not simple. Yeah. It's tough. Like that's a hard, like, it seems like, oh, he's stupid. It's, it's simple. His, his ability to pull that, that off and it to be funny every single time is tough. Yes. And I know he was on the record that like he really wanted. That's why he left the office a little earlier than people wanted him to, because he wanted to shed the Steve Carell role. And there's even the moments where he's like, he's mimicking Jacob, nah, nah, nah. and like, oh, that's that's Michael Scott. Like that is yeah. Michael Scott in that role, totally. Yeah. Okay. Back to Dax here. All right. I'll go with this one. Uh, it's the statement I wrote down before I started watching this movie that I told you guys about on Monday, uh, and it's the following: Everyone knows a Cal, and everyone knows a Jacob. In their lives right now, everyone, yes. everyone knows who the Cal is in their friend group or, or like family, maybe because obviously Cal's a little older than Jacob and everyone knows who the Jacob is in your friend group. And if you could bring those two together somehow to get that person <laughs> to unlock this, uh, th- this, this new path in him, you would love to see that happen. Everyone knows who the player is in their friend group. Everyone knows who kind of the dorky guy is as well. Uh, that dad that's just trying to fit in and whatnot. I love that how relatable Cal and Jacob are to everyone in this, everyone that watches this movie. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to piggyback off yours with another statement here, which is we all at one point aspired to have Jacob's confidence. Easily. But we're all a little closer to Cal at the end of the day. <sighs> I almost have this. Like the fact that the fact that J- some of the lines, I was trying to write down some of the lines early in the movie and. Like Jacob just walks up to these women. He like the first scene where he meets Hannah, and Hannah's friend goes, 
My friend Hannah thinks Conan O'Brien is very attractive. And Jacob, without missing a beat, goes, oh, that's interesting because I find your friend Hannah to be very attractive and just stares at Hannah. <laughs> uh, then he calls the gal fancy face a couple times later. Like, in our mind, I remember watching this movie back in 2011. Like, man, like, yeah, I can, I can definitely, like, I was single. I can talk. I can talk like that. Like, just a little confidence, right? Yeah. It's like, no, it no. does not. You're not Ryan Gosling, but. And it yeah, doesn't so, really work. But but it's great in the film because it's hilarious. <laughs> did you guys watch this with your significant others, or did you guys watch this? Alone? Yes, it's one of our favorite yeah. movies that we the we probably time watched it, it five times together. Okay. Yeah, we I think we bought it about eight years ago, and it was great. And and th this time I embarked on it alone. But yeah, Don loves this film. Yes. All right, back to Judd. All right, I got a, so many notes here. Um, here's one. The start of this film is absolutely a textbook, fantastic example of great, quick character development. Yes, I thought about this too. So they yes. didn't take, they don't take too long, but yet you have, by the time that the film really gets rolling, I feel like you have a really good idea of the characters, but they don't dawdle with it, which I absolutely loved. They basically do what they have to do to tell you, okay, we're presenting these characters and then what you're like, oh, okay, then it really starts. And I thought that the development of the characters, the pace there, this film felt like it could have gotten long. And every time it could have, they're, they're, they're like, no, 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 we've got the answer to pick up the pace. It was really well done. Dude, by the way, this movie was originally, the original cut of this movie was a three-hour movie. And then That's how it felt. Wow. Slice it down. That's how it felt it could have been, but it wasn't at all. Yeah. Because right away, you find out everything. You find out... Like Cal, why Cal and Emily are getting divorced. You find out that Jacob is a player. You find out pretty early on that that Hannah's boyfriend, which we can get to, Josh Groban, is just like a cheeseball douchebag. <laughs> but Hannah Banana, <laughs> when he introduces, when he's he's gonna have the big celebration, we're gonna do something special, and I'd like to invite Hannah to be like my wife. My wife is like. A partner, huh? Yeah, huh? Yeah. And, he, and he does like the, huh? Yeah, what do you think of that? Yeah, yeah. Yep. God. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. All right, uh, I'll go next here. It is, my statement is, it's amazing what self-confidence can do for a human being. <clears throat> I think even though uh, uh, Jacob does such a great job at obviously upgrading the wardrobe and unlocking this next-level personality out of Cal is impressive, but... I think there is a relatableness to not even Phil's point of watching Jacob like hit on the women that when you have some self-confidence in what you're doing and not just like being aloof about it, but having legitimate self-confidence, it can do wonders for you. I think that's what was so cool to see from Cal because Cal is the more relatable one. Obviously, Jacob's obviously the outlier of most people like, you know, Cal Cal's like everyone else. He's just a guy who's trying to find love and trying to talk to women and hit on women. And then once he has all the right infrastructure and all the right self-confidence, then all of a sudden everything clicks and he's obviously hitting out of his league. And I think it's awesome to see that because when you have that self-confidence, it totally changes like story time. When I got new four teeth. Okay. I got, I, I, I had, when I was eight years old, nine years old, I broke my four front teeth. They were capped. So they weren't, they weren't a complete replace. They like put fillings on them and they capped the four. And around 2019, each of those four fillings just randomly throughout the year started falling out. 
So then they had to like recap them. Toothless Declan walking around. Oh, it was it was. I did that episode of Ventline, I think, with you guys. Where I was missing a tooth. It was it was a whole thing. And eventually, I went to a new dentistry, and they're like, "We should honestly just quote you for four brand new ones. It's obviously going to be very expensive, but it's probably the best move." And I did it. And I will just tell you, when I got my four new front teeth, <laughs> right. I felt Jacob Palmer. Let's I go. felt like hey, Jacob girl. Palmer for a little <laughs> bit, dude. It, not a long time, but for a little bit that I feel like a Jacob when I got four brand new teeth. <laughs> That's hilarious. There he is. Here's Declan walking around. Yeah. He's yep. got his little suit. Hanging out at the Extra swing button, bar. Unbuttoned. Yeah. Hey, girl, let's wrap. And, and then the pandemic hit like six weeks after those teeth got put in. So then that just put a kibosh on everything. <laughs> Damn. Hey, you want to go on Zoom? See my teeth? Hi, girl. Yeah. yeah. Hey, girl. Let's go. New Balance shoes have oh. made a big-time comeback since this movie was made. Funny. New Balance shoes. And I, I remember <laughs> as a kid, like, like new, you didn't want to be caught wearing New Balance in the 90s. Kind of, It's like the nerdy dad shoes. They're dad shoes, basically. And and this movie craps on New Balance. Cal wears his old kind of, like, off-white tainted New Balance shoes to the mall. It's like a sign that he's weird, right? It's a blemish. He's a blemish on society because he has New Balances. And then uh, Jacob throws the New Balances off the off the upper deck of the mall. Well, over the last 12 months, New Balance has landed Shohei Otani as a spokesperson. He's not a geek. Jamal Murray, Kawhi Leonard, Zach Levine, and DeJounte Murray. And I might wow. just be naming a few. All of them... And the newest is Otani as of this baseball season. All of them are faces of New Balance. So they're making a push. It's not hmm. it's not your 2011 or your 1995 New Balances anymore. They are much cooler than they used to be. So so now Cal would, would be proud to wear them. And yeah. Jacob would actually buy a pair. I think so. Saying. Yeah, if this movie was made... But it is interesting. They just this movie just takes a dump on two big brands on New Balance and on. Yeah, Gap. you're right. <laughs> well, it's a Be genius opening opening plot when they show them at the restaurant. And they go from you know floor up, and you see Cal and the New Balances. It's almost yep. like foreshadowing of these are gonna clearly get used again in the plot somewhere. Yes, mm-hmm. and it's like the that's a great point. The first shot you into Judd's earlier statement that you learned so much early in the movie. The first shot of the movie is the New Balances, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's like it's new it's balances a into gen, generic khakis. Yeah, it's uh, it's going back and forth. I believe from the that you know swanky bar to then the restaurant where they're having dinner, and yeah, pans up from the shoes onto Steve Carell and Julianne Moore. Let's see, attention to detail, director, producer, writer. I'm watching. Amazing. Okay. All right. The ending of this film is perfect because it doesn't really end. It just leaves question marks. Mm-hmm. I love that. I hate films that get tied up at the end. And I know that's what crowds, I I know that that's the popular thing. And I know that there's a huge segment of the population that completely disagrees and wants closure. But the fact that they basically just end, end this film with sort of a sweet, you know, people are still g- going to be friends. Um, uh, Cal is going to accept Jacob, but we don't know how it's go- going to end. In fact, M- Emma Stone's character says this is going to be fun because she doesn't know how it's going to to end. I I think that that is that's one of my favorite things. I love it when a film just basically says we're done. You can imagine what's going. It's better for you to try to imagine what happens than for us to give it some schlocky closing. Yeah, I would love a sequel to this movie. Actually, 
kind of surprised. There's I just did a Google search. There's been no buzz about a sequel ever in the 12 years since the movie came out. Well, Because you could do it, so many things with a sequel. Yeah, I think what you would do here is Steve Carell's oldest son, you turn him into the player, right? Like you turn him into he a He was Jacob. great, by the way. That kid, mm-hmm. was, that kid was phenomenal too. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe Ryan Gosling, maybe he has kind of a secondary part in the sequel or something. I don't know. But I think that movie would crush. So we'll see. But yeah, I think... Uh, you're right. Like the end, it wasn't clean. It was, are they going to be together? Are they not? Are all these yeah. couples you don't know? Is she going to go back to David Lindhagen? David Lindhagen. H- David Lindhagen. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right. My next statement is more of a question for the room. And I kind of want you guys, if you can, if you feel comfortable to peel back the curtain to answer this. Do any of you guys have a move? You know, Jacob talks about <laughs> the move that uh, he does with with the dirty dancing scene. Is there a move or a move you Mm. did with maybe your significant other that maybe kind of trapped them into going out with you? I never, so, yeah, well, Judd's been married for 30 years. Yeah. And I didn't have a move. To go way back for that move. I've been been with my wife. We've been married for three and a half years, been together for 10 years. And the way that... My, I'll just tell you, it wasn't like a move, but it was just, yeah, I'll try something funny here. So we started interacting through Twitter and Twitter DMs. And I think she she tweeted something about, she would tweet about Minnesota sports. And she tweeted something about Tim Brewster or the Gophers. And we had been tweeting back and forth a little bit. So like there was an interaction base there and like making each other like laugh and stuff. I sent her, I just sent her a DM of a funny picture of Tim Brewster. That was my move. Here's a DM of a funny picture of Tim Brewster. And then the conversation went to DMs, and then it went to phone after that. So Tim Brewster is my move. You were sending memes before it was like a thing. That's right. It's what you were basically doing, right? I was an innovator, a direct message meme innovator. Interesting. There's there's two sides to the story of how I met my fiance. I will leave the other part out of it because it's just it's better when she tells the story. It's not that it's inappropriate. I just she tells it a lot better. But I love the scene in this movie when he's kind of coaching up Cal to finally go out there and try what and and, you know install what I have taught into you. He goes, "What do you always say? Like you buy them a drink and you know you make them talk about you." What I did do when I first saw Kelsey was multiple things happen in this movie. Is what reminded me when I met Kelsey was. When he introduces, when he brings him over and he goes, hi, I'm Cal. I definitely did a, hi, I'm Declan when I first first noticed her. It's not time yet, Cal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hold on. Yeah. I think he slaps him I'm or Cal. something. Yeah, hi. Nope. Yeah, he shuts him down. Nope. Uh, and then the other other moment was, yes, I bought her two drinks and I was try- I asked her a million questions trying to get to who she was. Oh, and I was getting. What's your Where are you from? What do yep. you do? What's your favorite color? Hi, I'm Declan. I was pretty much being, yeah, Buddy the Elf there. And I got just one to two word responses and it took me a long time to catch the hint that she wasn't interested yeah. but i tried damn it and eventually it obviously prevailed but yes because you don't want to be uh, I, I understand what uh, what jacob's saying and that if you just make it about you then it sounds pretentious and now yeah. the pressure's on you and now you're like an, are you like an entertainer and if you can kind of shine the spotlight on them i get that premise but what if yeah you're going to interview them yeah you're going to ask them 20 questions before you talk about yourself i don't know all right, here's my next one, and it's it's questions sort of. I have I have a couple like more just questions to explore. 
how is Jacob pulling like 30 women from the same bar over the span of a few weeks and not getting any pushback? Yeah. He's, he's in the same bar every single night, weeknights, weekends. Yeah. Wouldn't he run into more drama and just be fishing in the same pond with all the same fish at that point? I wondered why they didn't switch bars occasionally as, a, as just for sets. Cause I thought the same thing. And like Cal, Cal drinks there in the afternoon. And then at night right. he's at the same bar. Like I am surprised that they didn't switch up bars. Like they, they could have gone to the same bar again, but make it a different set. That does And what me. is this bar? It's like this super luxurious posh spot where they're playing. Yeah. They're playing chic EDM music with, dim lighting and stuff and at 2 p.m too yeah it's like, a, when, like when cal's getting drunk at two it looks the same as it does at seven and you can tell i know it's 2011 if you use today's prices every cocktail minimum in that place is 15 to 20 dollars you can tell it'd be a very expensive evening yeah. to be going out with jacob palmer totally cal must be rich though because i they, they didn't well he also he also those clothes that right. when, when he goes clothes shopping he probably spent a minimum of five thousand dollars on well, clothes. Didn't he say right? a thousand? Was it a, he gave a thousand dollar budget? I think that was what it was. But maybe okay. he, maybe he bought more because like, you can redo your wardrobe with sixteen items, is what Jacob Palmer said in the movie. Fifteen pairs of sweatpants and a hoodie. <laughs> yep, exactly right. I'm very happy. The juxtaposition of this film that intrigued me the most is is that ultimately the lesson was the Jacobs of the, the world for all of their great moves are often miserable and the Cal's for as geeky as they, they can be are often much more comfortable being themselves. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really, cause like the Jacob thing was he's got, I mean, he's a fast talking guy, great looking guy, got all the moves in the world, but you know, it comes to light that he is, desperate for a relationship but doesn't know how or can't commit to to it until hannah and in cal's case he's geeky and awkward but he's very sure of like who he is as a person there was also speaking of great writing and plot which this movie contained a lot of it judd there was a great great moment during the the emma stone ryan gosling interaction that first night and uh, he goes, he kind of stops the conversation and he goes, ask me something personal. Do me a favor. Ask me something deeply personal about myself. Yep. And it was almost his way of testing. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to break the pattern of all my previous interactions here. And I want to see if there's a real connection and I want to see if, if I can let my guard down a little bit. Right. I thought that was good. It was like the green light to go into a different mode and it's and it's weird too because in that scene too then he also he just briefly talks that like my dad died when he was young and he was super successful and that's why i have all this stuff but the movie doesn't really explore that space again it just he like he Mm -hmm. says it and that's kind of it like you could have if they wasn't we wanted to be longer we probably could have pried more on jacob's trauma or the reasons why he is and they just kind of moved on from it which i actually to judd's point i kind of liked that point you know until that point in the movie one of my questions written down for the show was how does what does Jacob do for a living? Does he work? Because he's just just at the bar picking up chicks all day and night, yeah. and then it, it's revealed that his dad was rich and he got that's how he got to buy a five thousand dollar massage chair massage that he's chair. used twice because yeah. his dad left him a bunch of Still in the garage, bunch of money. Yeah. Uh, l- last thing for me, this is just kind of a goofy one, but uh, that's the best summary of the Scarlet Letter I have ever heard. 
when the kid gives his summary of the Scarlet Letter. Um, I, I, everyone had to read that book. It's true. I remember reading it in ninth grade. It's just a terrible book. I never liked it. Um, and honestly, if Marissa Tomei, though, was my English teacher, back to Judd's point of her being accurate, I would learn nothing in that English class. Marissa Tomei is one of my all-time favorites. I love oh, wow. Marissa Tomei. Love, love Marissa She's Tomei. She's great. I'm a big fan as well. Never, never read the Scarlet Letter, though. Oh, I've not. Well, I think even uh, they made a movie. I think Demi Moore is in like an early 90s movie. They made a movie of it, It's and we had to watch it in English. I remember it vividly. It's not a good book. I and love it. A, a year, approximately a year before th- this film came out, Emma Stone was an Easy A. Easy A. Which is a great film, great which movie. is sort of b- borrowed from the exact same thing. Yeah. So, but she, I, she's a great actress, man. She's so mm-hmm. good. All right, any final statements from you, Judd? No, I'm good. I got one more for you guys. Ryan Gosling's career includes some banger movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So he's been in like 25 or 30 different things. But so he started off in the Mickey Mouse Club around the same time as like Justin Timberlake and I think Britney, Britney Spears. Spears and yeah. Yeah. And Christina Aguilera. Mm-hmm. And then he did he did Goosebumps as a kid. He did Are You Afraid of the Dark? Some of the Nickelodeon stuff. But then remember the Titans? Was the big, I think the first time right. America was mostly introduced to him. He was in, remember the Titans? Yeah. He was the notebook. In fact, the oh, yeah. notebook, it's not a rom-com, but it's definitely Mount Rushmore of romantic movies. Yeah. Never seen it. Ooh. I've never seen it. Is that the one with James Garner? Yes. Also, Dude, we should, we should almost have to do the notebook. I've only seen bits and pieces. I haven't seen it start oh, to finish. Oh, I've never oh, seen it. But I, I love Garner, so I'll, I'll watch any Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. Sub it, sub it in. Hold on. I'm going to look. Oh, so you're going to okay, make a change? We're going to come back to this. I we're think... going to make a change. I think we have to. We're going to make a change. Okay. So uh, we might even do it next week. We should we should almost do it next week. But pause that for a second. All right. Okay. The Notebook, Drive. Did you guys ever see Drive? Oh, yes. We should, we should also violent. do that. Incredibly violent, but really good. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even have a name in the movie. He's just the yep. driver. Just the yep. driver. Oh. Yeah, that film is a little bit disturbing, but in a good way because it's so mm-hmm. well done. The Big Short, La La Land with Emma Stone, Love Crazy that movie. Stupid Love, mm-hmm. bunch of other stuff too. So, okay, before we get to the uh, definitive relationship rankings and the overall entertainment ranking of this movie, we have to do the Notebook. Okay. So, it's the runtime. I'm going to make an executive decision. We're going to bump Bullet Train in two weeks. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to bump bullet train until a little bit later on. We're going to do the notebook. I almost feel like we should do it next week now. Okay. I'm okay with that. Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams, big, great actress as well. Okay. We're doing the notebook next week, boys. We have to. Okay. We can't keep doing these romantic movies without doing the notebook. There's so much fodder. Okay. And Ryan Gosling is typical Ryan Gosling. Not this. He's not this version of Ryan Gosling. He's a different version, which you'll get to explore when you guys watch the Notebook. Okay. All right. Definitive relationship rankings. So the criteria here is just chemistry between the two characters. So Hitch and Sarah from the movie Hitch are the highest ranked on a one to ten scale. The aggregate for us was an eight point eight. Joe Fox and Kathleen Kelly from You Got Mail eight point three, tied Ooh. with Benjamin Barry and Andy Anderson from How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. And then you got Henry and Lucy from 50 First Dates, tied with Lucy and Jack from While You Were Sleeping. The three worst chemistry duos are Michael and Jules from My Best Friend's Wedding 
Kirk and Molly from She's Out of My League, and Sam and Annie from Sleepless in Seattle. So on a 1 to 10 scale, how would you rate the chemistry between Jacob and Hannah in Crazy Stupid Love? Go ahead, Declan. Uh, with Jacob and Hannah, I mean, the chemistry is undeniable. I mean, the act; those two actors are have done so many films together. This was, I think, the first of, of films that they had they have done together at this point. But their characters are believable. I'm going to give this a... I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10. Right. I'm going to give okay. this an 8. Keep in mind, too, they really aren't together for this movie for what? Maybe That's, they're maybe together for 30%, 40% of this film? I got a question. Are we picking the wrong characters to rate? Is it Jacob and Cal? Because that's the real that's the real relationship here. Wow. You've blown my mind here. Because I'm with Dex. H- Hannah Banana and Jacob are sort of just this. No, ancillary. I think you're right, dude. I think you're right. I think it's the two men. I think you're right. It's a it's a weird sort of twist on how we do this, but that's the main relationship in the movie. Yep, and it carries through the family. And if that's the case, I give it a ten. Yeah. So Dex, I, do you want to give a new number, or do you want to stick with? I mean, if it's, I mean, yeah, those two, then yeah, it's a ten. It, it's I agree. It's a ten. One another, if it's, it's those a perfect two. relationship. It's a 10. Like they play off each other fantastically. Yeah. It was, it was somehow believable. Hmm. Like that part of it to me was believable. Okay. Entertainment value. Just a straight one through 10. How entertaining was this movie? The two movies tied for number one are Hitch and 10 Things I Hate About You. We gave those a nine out of 10. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days was an 8.8. You've Got Mail was a 7.7. The three least entertaining movies we've done so far in Rom-Com Rewinder, My Best Friend's Wedding, a 5.3, Sweet Home Alabama, a 6, and She's Out of My League, a 6.2. Criminally low. So we, we might disagree on, on plot, and I do think that the characters and dialogue are great, but this is a 10. This is a 10 to me. I, I mean, it's wow. a it moves. It, it's got everything I want, which is pace, great pace, great acting, um... Like there are some things that I'm I'm like I can't do that, but I don't care. I I enjoy it every time I've watched it. It's a ten. Wow, Judd does not give out tens at oh, all on these reviews. If you would have told me he's going to give a ten after his opening statement, I was actually worried of what this ranking was potentially going to be. It's thoroughly enjoyable. It's better okay. than Hitch, and I liked Hitch. Mm-hmm. It's a ten. Wow! Wow! I, it, it, I, it's it's a it's a perfect it is a perfect film. I said it's one of the best sell, uh, titled <laughs> films. I should say not self-titled, but titled films, and it yeah, hits that. so it hits so well. It's a ten. I, I I'm trying to find like a, I was gonna give like a nine, but I'm like, well, what am I dinging it for? What's really better can't... than this is what you got to figure out, right? Yeah. So, so we I, we gave I, Hitch yeah. a nine. I think I might have given Hitch a ten. I think, but I, I agree with what Judd said. There's pressure on me now because you guys have given it a ten. It's an average score. But I think this is a better movie than Hitch. Therefore, it's a 10 across the board. It's ten. a 10. Ben, wave the Gosling flag. Who's got it's the Gosling flag? Show your abs. Flag. Show your yep. abs. Show your abs. Okay, you guys. Hold on By the a way, second. Gosling, said, Gosling thinks that they Photoshopped his abs. Humble Gosling says that they Photoshopped his abs in that scene. Okay. Okay, Ryan. All right, oh, wait, he, he really said that? Yeah. Because her line is, Oh my God! You look like you're photoshopped. You look like you're photoshopped. Yeah, and he's and somebody asked him about that, and he said, "I think they actually photoshopped some of it." I don't, I don't think my, my abs are good, but they're not that good. Oh, that's funny. 
So, wow, there it is. All right, Crazy Stupid Love, a 10. The first ever 10 on the Mackie yeah. and Judd rom-com rewind. And we called an audible on the fly here. We're going to do, do the notebook next week. The notebook, and then we go Jerry Maguire, Tin Cup, American President, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Mighty Ducks 2, Skyscraper, Bullet Train, What Women Want, and Slapshot. We'll do all we'll do all those between now and football season. Okay. All right. All right, boys. Good stuff. Wow. A 10. Crazy a 10. stupid love. I you... might like the notebook. I can almost guarantee you. I'm not coming back with a 10 next week. I don't know, dude. I don't know. What do you want? And it's it's kind of, it's like there's definitely funny moments, but it's more of a serious movie, and we'll we'll definitely dive into it. All right. This has been the Mackie and Judd movie rewind franchise, rom com rewind here. See you guys.